hack into cybersecurity? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. Everybody, welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, August 17th, 2023, episode number 432 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Ken Forte, Thomas Fords, James McQuiggan on the airplane, Space Tacos, Matt McDaniel, Anna Lynn, Ben a Minute, Daniel Ovich, folks who are over on LinkedIn, folks who are over on YouTube, squad members, Simply Cyber community members, first timers and long timers. We're all gonna be shredding through the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize this today to help drive cyber risk reduction for your program? Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we got your back, believe that my friend, you're gonna be asked in any single job interview, how do you stay current on the industry? The Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast is uh, the answer for you. Also, the networking is fantastic. For example, Dash passed his CYSA plus yesterday. Boom, baby. Nice job. Nice job, Dash. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Appreciate you sharing with the community. Guys, every single episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So don't be shy. Uh, say what's up in chat. Take a screen cap and uh, document that. It does stack up half a CPE is half a cpe seems small by itself but together they are strong two and a half a week ten a month definitely rack up those cpes easily the easiest and funnest way to get cpes believe that if you're not sure what to say say hashtag team live we'll see if we can break the record today we got up to 351 yesterday the current record is 364 concurrent live in chat so we'll see if we can bust that today. But hashtag Team Live. If you're watching on chat, oh, James McQuig and Coffee Cup of Cheers with a mimosa coming to you from seat 4B on his flight from ATL down to MCO. I'm not sure what MCO is. I'll have to look that up. Time to go home after Hacker Summer Camp in Louisville. Congrats, Dash. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Yes, absolutely. Thanks, James McQuig and Matthew Hibbert, uh, recent Simply Cyber Community Challenge member. I want to thank the whole community for the incredible response and all the love and motivation I've received from the channel. Love you all. Please become best friends. Yep. My man, thank you, Matthew Hibbert. Loved your post too, definitely. Guys, it's all about good times up in here. Good morning, team. Michael Huskin over on LinkedIn is saying, enjoying time before I start my new job as a cyber ops specialist. Yep. Can we just become best friends? Yep. 
Oh my god. The, guys, if it's your first time here, this is what it looks like when chat takes over the stream and we just start piling on celebrating wins for everybody. McCoy Airport, love it. Dude, coffee cup cheers indeed. I haven't even poured my first cup of coffee. That's how that's how coming in hot we are uh, with this stream. Way to go. Super pumped, Michael Huskin. Like, definitely take a minute, relax, because, dude, as hard as folks work to get in the industry, it <laughs> it's just prepping you for the job because it is it is a lot of work. But I believe believe me, it is a lot of fun. Absolutely love it. Holla, what's up, Matt McDaniel? I saw you. High five. Um, hope your wife's feeling uh, well, Matt. Too. We've talked about that. Um, all right, guys. So check it out. If you're uh, oh, watching on replay, uh, hashtag Team Replay in the comments. Love engaging with Team Replay people. Uh, just as much as Team Live. If your first time here, okay, if it's your first time here, hashtag first timer. If you're like, what? Like, good thing I didn't wear any socks today because they would have been blown off. If you're trying to comb your hair down because it's been blown back just by the first couple minutes of the stream with all the celebrations and super chats and love, well, this is what we do here every single morning at 8 a.m. So say hashtag first timer, war goons. I see you, Wargones. What's up? Hey, Virginia K. Celebrating in chat. Love it. Good to see you. All right. Thanks. So, <clears throat> Wargoons, I will be speaking to you for most of the show uh, <laughs> when it comes to first-timer stuff. All right, guys. <clears throat> we got a great show for you today. Before we get into it, Rachel a Ratchet, <clears throat> Ratchet Dewan, uh, also a first-timer. Good to see you, Ratchet. Uh, guys, uh, before we get into the stream, I do want to say thank you to the stream sponsors who enable me to bring all this to you every single day. How can you expand on how you can earn CEUs with Simply Cyber? Okay, really quickly, because uh, this question comes up from time to time, Marlon Johnson. If you have cybersecurity certifications, you're required typically to maintain continuing education units like CEUs, like he put, or um, CPEs, continuing professional education. If you look at the policy, on what qualifies. Now, CompTIA, it, I don't think it applies, but ISACA, ISC squared, two larger ones, definitely applies. What you're in right now is an instructor-led webinar. I am absolutely qualified to be able to uh, deliver this knowledge and this education. Um, so if anyone wants to push back on that, we can certainly have a conversation. So instructor-led webinar, uh, and we're going through the top cyber news of the day. Those those two things right there, if you look through what applies as CPEs and CEUs, you will find in your certification body's policy manual on CPEs that that is what qualifies. There's a whole bunch of things. You could take a class. You could listen to, um, you could take a training. You could go to Black Hat. You could do a conference. You could attend a, a, a talk. This is one of those things, and this is what we're doing. And that's why I say half a CPE, because it's one CPE an hour, we go an hour, but just to be uh, safe, I'll say half a CPE. All right, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, you can be here. Love it. My son Grayson's here. He's wearing his Simply CyberCon shirt. Kimberly McKnight produced. Looking good, Grayson. All right, guys. Want to get into the stream sponsors really quickly before we dig in. Uh, shout out to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for working business owners no, excuse me. It can cause massive issues for businesses and then send the dedicated, hardworking business owner into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions, they know how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. 
Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say shout out and love to Panopsi Security. Panopsi is um, your partner who understands your cyber program. What can they do for you? Basically, they can come in, look at your program, and give you a roadmap on how to build it. If your security program is just reactive and basically you know, putting fires out as they appear, contact somebody like Panopsi. It's, it's basically um, senior level InfoSec people who can come in, survey your landscape and say, here's what you need to do in the next quarter. Here's what you need to do in the next year. Here's what you need to do in the next three years. This is what it'll look like along the way. These are the metrics you can report. And this is why you're going to be reducing cyber risk. Okay. That's, that's the deal on that. All right. We also got anti-siphon training, but I'll talk about them at the mid-roll. It is What's your meme Thursday? Dan Reardon produces a custom meme every Thursday, typically um, high, showcasing me in some funny situation. Today is a banger. You're going to love the mid-roll uh, meme of the week. Believe that, okay? Uh, really quickly before we dig in, James Breeden saying, I start school in two weeks for Infotech with concentration in cyber. Found the podcast. Been waiting for about a month. Boom! <laughs> Dude, James Breeden, you're going to be coming in like a wrecking ball. Straight up. Listen to me. Straight up. You're going to come in crushing it day one. Your, your uh, professors are going to be like, what? This guy, are you sure you haven't been working in the industry, James? You'd be like, ah, I got a, th- I got a thing. Ha <laughs> ha. All right, cool. Let's rock in. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Thursday, August 17th. 2023. Lockbit struggles to publish leaked data. Analyst One Chief Security Strategist John DiMaggio published a report showing that the pernicious ransomware group shows signs of critical operational problems impacting its ability to run its criminal enterprise. He points to a recently announced upgrade to its infrastructure that seems to cover up that it still cannot consistently host and publish large amounts of victim data through its admin panel. It also seemingly failed to publish victim data for refusal to pay in several instances and missed a promised window to ship an update to its ransomware. DiMaggio reports several affiliate clients have left Lockbit in favor of competitors as a result. Wow, okay. (laughs) All right, so business is tough for Lockbit. This is um, kind of funny, and really quickly, so for War Goons and uh, James Breeden folks, listen, Lockbit really, really... uh, you, just a massive ransomware operator. Um, they have a ransomware as a service model, so they have lots of affiliates who don't really understand um, the intricacies of malware and running malware and backend infrastructure and all that. And the affiliates just take the payload and drop it on a victim and then get a piece of the pie. What's funny about this story is even though it's criminal, okay, it's even, hold on, even though it's criminal, right? But it's a business, and every business has IT needs, <laughs> right? Th- this is so funny because this is basically real. They have IT needs. They have grown beyond their existing capacity, so they're like a small business mom-and-pop shop kind of dealing with it. And then they, they landed this massive client, the Move It um, exploit with all the data, and they basically overwhelmed their infrastructure. So despite the fact that they're going to make 90 to $100 million on this crime, they are still 
not um, that they're not putting the budget into their infrastructure. Now, it is reporting here that they did invest into their infrastructure. But welcome to reality, Lockbit. It doesn't matter if you're a criminal or not. You know what it takes when you upgrade infrastructure? Time, money, resources, human knowledge, capital in order to actually implement the infrastructure build out. These are real problems that businesses deal with every single freaking day, which is hilarious that they are um, struggling to the point where they said in the story, the affiliates are leaving LockBit to go to other ransomware as a service threat actors. So LockBit is literally losing consumers. Like it makes me wonder if there's like, um, uh, like a Yelp review for LockBit, like, oh, like took seven days to get my ransom payment. Oh, so gross. Going to Alfie Black Cat. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, um, you know, someone, someone like, uh, you know, the payload didn't detonate correctly and they, you know, they wanted to get an updated payload and LockBit was like, your call is important to us. We will respond in 24 to 36 hours. And it's like, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. I mean, LockBit is um, very, very uh, tier one ransomware threat actor. It's just, to me, this is a f interesting story for practitioners to discuss. But to me, it, it's almost comical because despite that you're a criminal and maybe you're driving a, you know, a Benz with the rooftop off, throwing money in the sky, screaming money ain't a thing. You're still a business and you still have IT challenges, man. Wow. Uh, good morning, A.A. Witherspoon. Good to see you. Google's quantum resilient security key. Last week, the search giant announced plans to add quantum resistant encryption algorithms in the upcoming Chrome 116 release. This appears to be a priority for the company, which now introduced a similarly resilient FIDO2 security key. This uses a novel ECC dilithium hybrid signature schema designed to work with the OpenSK initiative. Google worked with ETH Zurich to develop the hybrid signature, which uses only 20 kilobytes of memory. The company hopes it will become standardized in the FIDO2 key specification. Okay, so a couple of things here. <clears throat> um, a couple of things here. One, uh, you know, Google's doing some work. This is good. FIDO2, um, I'm not big on um, crypto uh, in the math, although... <laughs> I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Not, not, not to confuse uh, Charles Finfrock, crypto evangelism with, with this. But for me, um, I, you know, you guys, you, you choose your own adventure. But in the world of cybersecurity, we all know one of the domains is cryptography. And for me, <clears throat> I had to take multivariable calculus in college and all, all this other stuff. And I didn't like it. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like maths. Okay. <laughs> like it's elegant. It's cool when it works out. I'm not interested in doing it, I'll, you know. So for me, crypto is my least favorite of the domains. For me, all I want to know is, is the encryption algorithm I'm using uh, considered secure or not? So give me a give me, give me AES-256, give me RC4, whatever, all day long. Rain doll, blowfish, two fish, whatever fish, uh, I don't care. I, is it secure or not? So I can't get too deep into this. But what I will say is with quantum computing on the horizon, quantum computers are going to shred existing encryption. Like it won't be long before AES-256 is announced broken because of quantum computing. So I love, love that Google is already pushing quantum resistant keys uh, and algorithms. So that's awesome. Uh, first of all, because 
I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad to see this because they need to get this in place prior to the widespread um, distribution of quantum computers once they figure out how to cool those things down. Second of all, FIDO2, I don't know what that acronym means, but I do know that FIDO2 is the kind of the, the protocol standard to say that it's okay. I know with biometrics, um, like your thumbprint, your face and all that, FIDO2 is supposed to be, um, you know, like it, it's not unbreakable, but like that's the security standard you're looking for. Like when you're buying a piece of technology, uh, like like say a smart door lock or or something like that, if it's not FIDO2, you might be like, ah, a little sus. I'm not 100% sure I want to move with this. So good on you. Um, super pumped. The one thing I am curious about is, um, can you use this security key implementation on non-quantum computers? So I think it, I think it's for traditional binary architecture, and it's just able to be resilient to quantum attacks. By the way, I want to point out, um, quantum resistant. It does not say quantum uh, like unbreakable or whatever. So resistant or resilient, excuse me. What I hear when I read that is um, it will just take an, uh, an unreasonable amount of time to break. So like eight years, 20 years, whatever. So like it, the quantum would eventually break it, but by the time it breaks, it's not really important anymore. Okay. So keep an eye out on that. This is the first of many quantum resilient um, encryption keys, algorithms, et cetera, that should be coming optimistic and unprepared for AI. This finding comes from a new survey of 2,500 global IT leaders from AMD. The survey found 75% of respondents remained optimistic about the benefits of AI, with 66% increasing investments in the space. Among the benefits these leaders hope AI can provide, the most common response was improving automated detection of cybersecurity threats, found in 70% of responses. Despite this optimism, 46% of respondents said they weren't ready to implement AI solutions yet. Later, John 19% plan to prioritize AI in the next year, and 44% prioritize it in the next five years. All right, thank you. Uh, Carrie uh, commenting that uh, FIDO is fast identity online with passwordless standard. That's awesome. So I guess FIDO2 is probably the successor of that. All right, so new study by AMD finds nearly half of orgs are not ready for AI. Uh, this is really good. It, this should come as no surprise to anybody. Um, to me, there's a lot of parallels here between the, you know, incendiary speed with which AI entered our field. Um, and by the way, so much so that I have been saying for since March, we used to live in the information age from the year 2000 or so on. We were in the information age. We now live in the AI age. I, I, like I, I'm going to I'm going to stick to the guns on that one. AI came in so fast that people are just not really sure what to do with it. It's it's maturing unbelievably quickly. It, there's a lot of parallels here to um, right when the pandemic hit. I don't know if you remember this, but like the or if you if you weren't working in industry, but like the big word uh, going into 2020 was digital transformation, right? Like if you worked as a CIO or you did any of those high-level brow things or looking at Gartner, it was like digital transformation was going to be the buzzword of 2020. And how are you going to migrate into like, you know, fully into the cloud and realize the value of all these SaaS applications? Ooh, digital transformation. Here's my three-year roadmap. Here's my five-year roadmap. We're going to be digitally transformed in, in um, you know, over the life of my career. And then the pandemic and it's like, nope, everybody went home. VPNs all around the board, everybody remote workforce, everybody sign up for Zoom, 
Your cell phone is now like a critical piece of business operations. And CIOs were like, holy crap. Like, okay, we're, we're all in on digital transformation. And we had a lot of challenges, right? There was a lot of security. You remember Zoom had like all the bad pub with security issues. Uh, Carl, uh, Carl installing stupid stuff um, on his work devices at home. And it wasn't checking into the mothership, right? We had a lot of things that we got through it, but that the speed with which we had to pivot and really do digital transformation, um, the AI is moving quite quickly the same way. So much so that they're saying here 70% um, of business leaders uh, believe that AI makes their team faster, but only half of them know what to do with it or how to do it. So I can imagine, oh, so hot take, Jerry. Okay, like, again, like, there's nothing crazy revealing in this story, but here's a hot take, Jerry. Get my tinfoil hat out here. Hot take, Jerry. Um, thought leaders in the space are going to start re releasing and then selling um, guidance and policies and thought leadership around AI for enterprise, okay? Like, anybody can go to ChatGPT and type in crap. It's another when you integrate it as a full business capability, right? And, and leverage it. So um, just look for that. There's going to be a lot of people selling it. I just saw something too. I don't know the the validity of it. I didn't fact check it, but something at like Google is offering like a $900,000 job for like, you know, prompt engineer, AI expert or something like that. It's like 900,000, bro. Like a little bit of jump in the shark with that one. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, all right. So anyways, you know, AI, it, it's, it's scary stuff, guys. It's scary. And, um, it really is like the internet when it first came out in the two thousands. Remember you, you'd put anything on the internet. Cause who cares? It's like, it's the internet. It's anonymous. And then like fast forward to 2023 and holy crap, like your MySpace page is still online. Like all the stuff you said is an idiot 20 years ago, um, is still online. So AI is kind of the same way, right? Like people are dumping all sorts of stuff in there and the AI machine. Shall we play a game? It's just straight consuming it. You, you done in here? All right. Good to see you. Bye. <laughs> all right. A new QR code phishing campaign. Researchers at CoFence discovered a campaign targeting a number of industries back in May. The attack sent spam emails posing as Microsoft, Salesforce, and Cloudflare spoofing security alerts. The messages asked users to update their account settings with two-factor authentication, presenting a QR code to scan. These linked to credential stealing sites. While QR codes require an extra step in a phishing attack, they can also prove easier to get past spam filters. An unnamed major U.S. energy company received the bulk of the campaign's phishing attempts, receiving 29% of all messages monitored. God, so again, guys, I, I say it from time to time. I know I look like an absolute goober, but like from time to time, you know, hat tip to the threat actors. Like you guys, you threat actors, if there's threat actors in here, you guys are so clever. Hey, Wesley, thanks for the squad membership. Threat actors are smart cookies. And guys, this is why it's a full-time job. This is why it's a lifestyle. This is why it's a career. You... We as practitioners have to remain vigilant. We have to always, you know, stand guard, right? We're, we're knights of the, the wall or whatever. What was the wall in um, uh, the Night's Watch in Game of Thrones before they ruined it with that show? Do you, whatever. You, you got you to gotta stay. You got to stand your ground here. 
Okay, so check it out. We, um, the reason I'm giving a hat tip here is because we warn our end users about QR codes, yet when we sign them up for Microsoft Authenticator or any of the 2FA where it's a rotating pin using an app, almost always you scan a QR code. So we have conditioned, we have conditioned our end users to expect the QR code when it has to do with authentication, which is just like, yes, that's correct. And it, e it does ease onboarding, which by the way, I have run a major enterprise-wide MFA rollout. It is not as simple as flipping a switch. It's, it's much more painful uh, from a human perspective and a help desk perspective. So we've, we've conditioned our end users to do that. And threat actors are like, oh, hey, let's take advantage of that um, behavior that the GRC people and the security engineers have integrated into end users to want to do that. So you send them a message, say that they need to enroll in MFA, even if they're already enrolled. You know, a lot of a lot of people are just trying to be compliant, just trying to follow it. So like, okay, sure, I'll just do this. And boom, they basically hit themselves, uh, fish in, and give their creds up. On top of that, it's very difficult for uh, email gateways like Proofpoint and Mimecast and Exchange Online Protection to detect that the QR code is malicious because they aren't scanning the QR code. It just looks like a graphic, an image being sh sent through the email. So very clever. If I had to guess, it would be nice if the larger you know, um, enterprises, um, there's no reason that they can't detect an image that has a QR code and then uh, follow the QR code to, to do some type of um, integrity score on it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. This is very, I mean, they said in the story it didn't really hit a lot of victims, uh, but the ones that it did get, you know, it, it got them. So this is an opportunity for you to educate your end users. What I would say is I would educate your end users and tell them that QR codes it, like explain what a QR code is, right? You got to arm them with knowledge. You can't just tell them not to scan QR codes. Do we remember the Coinbase commercial from the Super Bowl two years ago, right? So you got to tell them what a QR code actually is. And then you got to tell them if, if like, you got to, I guess, basically just remind them of basic phishing behaviors, right? If it seems weird, don't download it. If it's asking for your creds, that's suspicious. Only you like I will I Jerry or whoever you are information security people you will only be contacted by us um if you've been notified already so like any any by the way this is a pro tip for you too if you're going to roll out something like an MFA or push QR codes to your enterprise you need to tell them beforehand hey listen on these dates we're going to be rolling out this program here's what you can expect Hey, one week from now, we're going to be rolling out this program. Here's what you can expect. Hey, tomorrow, we're going to roll out the program. Then you roll out the program, right? You don't just fire off a QR code and be like, oh, YOLO, going to get tacos. See you later. So anyways, QR codes, um, you know, it is what it is. I had a QR code. I'm still not done. Look, I got a QR code right there on the stream. Um, it doesn't go to where it's supposed to go, so don't click on it, okay? Like, so, you know, even I am dabbling with the QR codes, okay? And now a word from our sponsor, Vesa. 75% of breaches happen because of bad permissions. The problem is that you don't know exactly who has access to what data in your environment. For example, roles labeled as read-only can often edit and delete sensitive data. Vesa automatically finds and fixes every bad permission in every app 
across your environment. Learn more at Vesa.com. Oh. All right. Hey, war goons, since you're a first timer here, if you're still in chat, we do this every day at the mid-roll too. All right, guys, want to thank all of you for being here. I'm not a big fan of how my, my graphic is, like, cut off, kind of. Like, I'd be more interested in you seeing the sponsor names than my big face. Anyways, guys, I want to thank... I want to thank you all for being here today. 308 of you uh, taking time out of your day to be with us today. Uh, James McQuiggan definitely in flight right now, so hopefully James is having a smooth takeoff. Guys, if you're getting educational value from the stream, if you're getting entertainment value from the stream, do me a favor, take 30 seconds, if that, maybe 10 seconds, hit the like button. It goes a long way, not just to like, oh, look how many likes I got. It goes to trigger the YouTube algorithm to find other people like war goons who are interested in cybersecurity content and searching for cybersecurity content. All the people in this chat, you guys, let's be real. You're all looking for cybersecurity content at some point on YouTube. So it's going to reach out and say, hey, you might be interested in this content. And that's how we uh, grow the community. So take a second, hit the like button. I want to thank the stream sponsors again, Barricade Cyber, Panopsi for their continued support. And also Anti-Siphon Training. Anti-Siphon Training, the training arm of Black Hills Information Security is disrupting the traditional training industry by providing high quality and cutting edge education to everyone, regardless of their financial position. They offer all sorts of different skills by uh, you know, really high quality trainers. Go to the link in the description below uh, to find Anti-Siphon Training. Go to the training page and then pay what you can training. They have a lot of different training, but their eight classes in their pay what you can series literally is pay what you can. There's no reason that anyone in this stream right now cannot take any one of these classes for financial reasons. Anti-Siphon Training, I am a huge fan of them. Deb the Deb, Jason Blanchard, AKA Banjo Crashland, John Strand, um, Daft Hack, um, Ian Meyer, like I, I, Bo Bullock, I love everybody over there. Uh, great company, great initiative. Go check out Anti-Siphon Training. Very proud to be affiliated with them. All right, guys, it's the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Every single day, a new person has the baton and they tag someone and they go for it. Wargoon signing up for a squad membership. Yeah, Wargoons, welcome to the squad community, my friend. Hope to see you tomorrow, too. All right, so check it out. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is designed to help you supercharge and hack your LinkedIn feeds. Go, right now, Bill B, a.k.a. the real Bilbo, has the baton. Bill's going to tag somebody. Um, okay, Jess Bishop, we'll get a Panopsi one. I like it. So Bill B is going to tag someone. That person is going to go on LinkedIn, share their cyber story, and use the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Everybody else, go on LinkedIn, search for that hashtag, and find the post. Then comment on the post and connect with the poster and everyone else in the comments. You're gonna get pulled into the Peloton because you're now in the comments and people are gonna start connecting with you. Do it again and again every single day. Why am I investing my time, Jerry? This sounds like a lot of work. Because in two weeks, your LinkedIn feed is going to be freaking amazing. It's gonna be full of inclusive, supportive, cybersecurity content, 
great people. The networking is going to be amazing. The access to resources, the conversations, it's going to be game changing for you. If you want that for your LinkedIn feed, this is what you do. If you don't, don't do it. And that's okay. It, like It's your choice. It's your decision. But we're doing this as a community initiative. We've been doing it for like 100 days. Multiple people can tell you how awesome it is. Go do it. Uh, Jenny, I'll, I'll wait for Bill to tag somebody. I'll follow you. Now, every single Thursday, Dan Reardon, a.k.a. Haircut Fish, makes a custom meme, and today is Thursday. For those of you who know, I have deep respect for Jenny Easterly, um, and I, I apparently she was in Vegas last week, and I didn't get to see her. Um, so Dan Reardon made this, uh, made this 1990s-esque meme of me, uh, you know, calling out to Jen Easterly. Uh, at at a, a conference here. So there you go. Please enjoy that for a hot minute while I take a cup of co- a sip of coffee. Yes, Jen Easterly, the same Jen Easterly of the emote. Dan Reardon always delivers. You want to talk about consistent, high quality haircut fish consistently deliver in high quality. Love it. Toya Ala with the squad membership. Thanks, Toya. All right, let's get back into it. An AI using GPT-4 for content moderation. In an interview with Semaphore, the company's head of safety systems, Lillian Wang, said it began using its latest GPT-4 large language model for content policy enforcement. Wang pitched this as a possible solution for other firms as well. GPT-4 specifically trained on OpenAI's full content policy and tested with a small content sample. Humans reviewed those decisions and asked the model about decisions that had mistakes. OpenAI found GPT-4 didn't perform as well as experienced human moderators, but did perform well against humans with just basic training. This comes just as the third-party moderation firm Sama said it would no longer take work moderating harmful content from Meta, citing traumatizing exposure to employees. Yeah. I mean, let's go. You know, um, so ChatGPT is a content moderator. Think of all the toxic content and misinformation, etc., on um forums like reddit or twitter um facebook i think i I, (laughs) you you guys probably don't know or do know i don't know like i don't do facebook i never have uh i have an account so like you know so i have my like flag in the sand but i don't i don't use it um so i assume that there's toxic you know content going on over there too Anyways, ChatGPT content moderator. Guys, it's always been really hard to decide what is okay and what is not okay. Who gets to make that decision? It was revealed when Twitter was like imploding that they had like a senior leadership group that would basically um, decide what was okay and what wasn't. It was a little political. Um, so ChatGPT, remember guys, you can't be like, okay, hold on. Shall we play a game? You can't be like, oh, it's AI, so it's objective and unbiased. It's built on a model. The model has data points in it. If the data is biased, the model is going to be biased and ChatGPT is going to be biased. So that's all it is, right? So you would need you would need a, a huge A amount of corpus data of moderated content by humans, both the before and after, to demonstrate what is the behaviors for content moderation. Now, having said all that, I, I love this idea. Content moderation is hard. I personally couldn't, like I can't go on, like I like I can't go look for like CSAM type material. Like it would just destroy me. I can't look at hate speech 
and like you know like it couldn't be my job to just look at nasty horrible hate speech and 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 remove it like i would love to get it removed but for me personally it would just erode my soul to to see all this hate all the time so the people who do it you know i i i have mad respect for and i'm glad that people can do that work because it needs to be done but it's hard um so if, if chat gpt can lighten the the load and the burden for uh for for humans being subjected to that right on now of course you've got to be careful right because it is a slippery slope if chat gpt gets weaponized in order to suppress free speech or dissenting opinions of whoever the ruling party is that's where it turns into um basically a orwellian totalitarian kind of situation where you're like oh it's just ai like it follows it follows objective practices so if your speech is getting removed it's because it's inappropriate but when you when you look at it you know it's like no i was just saying that i question uh the people in power right now that they are not corrupt or, or whatever right so cool idea let's see where it goes as long as everything is transparent you know i'm a huge fan of transparency and um you know open open source open discussion right you shouldn't, these things shouldn't be weaponized in, in dark, you know, dark rooms and then just told the people to like shut up and accept it, right? Uh, I mean, that's part of the thing of uh, a republic, right? Is <laughs> like transparency and understanding. Okay, let's go. Attacks are coming from inside the app. According to an analysis of over 400 malware families by the Recorded Futures Inskit group, attackers increasingly find ways to blend into legitimately used services as a way to breach networks. At least 25% of the malware families did this in some capacity over the last two years. Cloud storage proved the most commonly abused service, followed by messaging apps, email services, and social media. Telegram proved the most common single app in this approach, followed by Discord. Info stealers represented the most commonly deployed malware in this approach. All right, so <clears throat> a couple things here. Um, the, the, the bend of this story, I think, is slightly misleading, okay? So they're saying hackers are hiding within services and they say Slack and Trello. Uh, Slack is like a Discord messaging type app and Trello is like a project management software in case you didn't know, uh, to deploy malware. I would argue, okay, just based on me and my experience, they're not hiding. I, like to me, this story is misleading. And this is one of the things that you get from the Daily Cyber Threat Brief podcast, right? A little bit of perspective. What I would argue is that hackers are increasingly utilizing services such as Slack and Trello and Telegram and Discord and others to deploy malware, okay? They're not hiding. Um, basically, threat actors are gonna go where the victims are, right? If it's easy, at the end of the day, threat actors, Great cash, homie. they wanna get paid, right? And if I'm sending you an email and the email gets blocked because you have good email protections and because you know, uh, Alana has trained her face off to educate end users not to click on stupid things. Well, then that's not an effective vehicle anymore for delivering malware, period, end of story. Threat actors are not stupid. Threat actors will pivot on a dime in order to uh, increase the, the, um, the efficacy of their initial infection uh, vectors, right? So they don't care if, if, they, if it's a phishing email or whatever they're going to hit you that and that's it so if you think about it for a hot minute though okay and i've learned this from my own experience if you've been on a discord server where 
you know, all of a sudden there's like, here, here's a link to like some pornographic Discord server. Click here, right? That that's that's the that's an intro into going to get compromised, right? Period. End of story. They're they're using sex basically to kind of allure you, but in reality, they're just gonna get in there and um hit you with some malware. Also, I don't know if anyone else has gotten DM'd about some crypto thing, right? Like, oh, like I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. You've been selected like secretly um, to be part of like a minting and like you're going to make million dollars with this crypto thing, but don't tell anyone. Just click here and then like your wallet gets stolen, okay? Threat actors doing threat actor things. And then Telegram, WhatsApp. We've seen a, numerous ones of these where basically they try to get you off platform. Some jack wagon in Simply Cyber Discord server put uh, an account on with my face and was saying that I was hosting private mentoring sessions for like three grand a rip. And unfortunately, uh, a few uh, Simply Cyber community members got pulled into that. Now, I don't know if they gave money or anything. I got reached out to by a couple and they're like, is this you? And I was like, no, like it's not. We took care of it on the, on the server. And I think we've configured the server so that doesn't happen again. But my point is, this is what it looks like when it's actually executed and weaponized, these services. So you just need to be vigilant and, and mindful when you're educating your end users. Say, say, hey, listen, we talk about phishing emails all the time, but like you're probably burnt out on that. In fact, hey, this is actually advice that you should implement at your organization soon uh, in your awareness training. And if you're looking to break into the industry, this would be sick to bring up in a job interview about how the, um, the dynamic... Um, evolution of threat actors weaponizing SaaS applications to deliver malware. If you say what, what we're talking about, this particular story in a job interview, I, I guarantee you, you will impress whoever's interviewing you because email phishing is like, it, it's like played out like eight ball jackets. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's done. We got it. It's email phishing. You're saying stuff like this or the QR code. Well then my friend, you have my attention. All right, so this is what it looks like. You probably have seen it firsthand yourself and not really thought about it because you're you're like, you know, what's up? All right. Um, God, I'm sweating from that story. Wow. Um, yeah, MFA fatigue's another one. Just anyways, long story short, educate your end users that cyber criminals will get at you any particular way. So if you get some kind of like janky, wiggy looking thing, it could be bad, right? If you don't recognize the sender, it could be bad. People are not DMing you about like golden opportunities with all due respect. And if you're looking to break in the industry, I've heard that um, there's like a threat actor behaviors on LinkedIn where they send you like a job posting or something like that. And they're actually like ensnaring you. So got to be careful with that. Crypto recovery scams on the rise. According to a new bulletin from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, crypto investment fraud surpassed $2.5 billion in 2022, with victims losing funds through info stealers or phishing attacks accessing wallets. This created an opportunity for follow-on scams related to crypto recovery. Ads for such scams can appear on social media or website ads, with scammers also reaching out directly over social sites. In most cases, scammers ask for an upfront fund or a deposit, they either then completely disappear or return with an incomplete tracing report. All right. No. So this is interesting. Again, like threat actors, man, they are enterprising individuals. It's kind of funny. You push someone into a corner um, and, and make it, you know, like they have to 
survive, like fight to survive, they'll come up with clever, interesting ways. So it wasn't enough. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. I got, like, we are, um, we're getting our fin, like the fin frock button on my soundboard is getting worn out right now. Um, so it wasn't enough. This whole NFT um, hype scam machine from a year ago, two years ago. I still own uh, two cunning wolves NFT tokens that I bought because I wanted to, I wanted to firsthand experience this stupid NFT thing so I could talk about it more. And guess what? Big surprise. They're worth nothing now. I, I, I keep them as a reminder of how stupid the whole, the whole thing was. Uh, Bored Apes Yacht Club. Get out of here with that noise. Do you know, like, sorry to digress on this one, but the stupid first tweet ever sold for like $2 million, the Jack Dorsey first tweet as an NFT. The guy who owns that's trying to sell it now, and he like literally can't give it away. I, I think he bought it for $2 million and it's he's trying to sell it for like ten grand or something stupid, and no one wants it. Shocker. Okay, so threat. people got ripped off. People lost their money. Uh, hold on one second. People lost their money, and now scammers, as if it wasn't enough, um, they've they've like shoved you on the ground, right? And now they're like, oh, there's still a couple, there's still a couple doubloons in your pocket. Doosh, doosh. I'm like doing a, a kick, a, I'm kicking the body. Um, that's the mannerism I'm, I'm doing right now, just for those who can't see me or are listening on the pod. All right, so straight up scam. I would, I, this is another one to make your end users aware. What I would argue is this is a great opportunity. I personally am a massive advocate of personalizing uh, information security awareness training. If I'm telling you that if you click on this, that our business could lose $10,000 or $100,000, yeah, you don't want that. But at five o'clock when you punch out, bye bye. Like, I don't, like, with all due respect, I'm here to work these hours. And when I'm done, I work to live. I don't think about this business. I don't think about anything. And maybe tomorrow when I show up for work, I forget what you told me yesterday because it's not part of my main job. I'm here to um, pick things up and put things down, pick things up and put things down. And like, oh yeah, the, the phishing email thing. Oh, what a bore. Right? So if you personalize it, like, hey friend, do you want your personal bank account to get emptied out? Do you want to get, um, like foreclosed on your home because you can't pay your mortgage, right? Like, holy crap, go ahead, tell me more. I'm personally interested in that not happening to me, right? Do you want to protect your kids online? Do you want to make sure that you don't detonate malware on your family computer? Whatever, right? Personalize it, personalize it. People will be way more responsive and interested in hearing. And if you curb and, and modify their behaviors for their own personal cyber hygiene, guess what they bring to work? They don't check out their personal cyber hygiene when they punch in for work. They bring it with them. That is the behavior and technique for effective information security awareness training. Secrets out, people. So for this one, I know that my Aunt Dorothea is not running NFTs and getting wrapped up in that, but a lot of people were. And if you, if, if someone knows what an NFT is, then chances are they, they probably know enough to, to appreciate a story like this. If they don't know what an NFT is, they're just protected by, by default because they're not even swimming in these pools, right? So long story short, threat actors are basically posing as, in, uh, posing as uh, legitimate businesses that can help recover your NFT money if you got scammed. And in reality, it's just another scam. There's a huge population here for this. 
Almost everybody got scammed on NFTs. Go look at CoffeeZilla. Uh, he did a three-part series on Logan Paul's crypto zoo or crypto token or whatever. I think it's crypto zoo, whatever. That's a massive, nice encapsulated case study on what these crypto NFT scams are, how they are executed, how they're perpetrated. Remind me of jawjacking and I'll pull that link up and share it. Do love me some, um, some CoffeeZilla. All right, let's keep going. Honor among thieves or forum members. An analysis of computers infected with info stealers, researchers from the security firm Hudson Rock discovered 120,000 containing credentials for cybercrime forums. Combined with other credentials found on the devices, researchers were able to determine real identities tied to these accounts. CTO Alan Gall said this shows that these forum users can fall prey to the same malware they seek to use on other victims, saying many don't show signs of being sophisticated actors. The forum nulled.to showed the most compromised users with over 57,000. Yeah, of course. Dude, of course. Think about this. You're, you're a criminal, okay? And you're all about stealing data and probably like initial. So for those who don't know, not everybody is executing the full attack kill chain, right? And if you don't know what the cyber attack kill chain is, Google it. It's the, it's the workflow, okay? There is an entire ecosystem around initial access brokers. What, what is this? So I'm a criminal. I set up a phishing landing page. It's wicked successful. I do that QR code trick from the first story, right? Where is the QR code one? Where's the QR code one, bro, bro. I do the QR code one, right, from this first story, and I get hundreds and hundreds of victims giving me their creds or their MFA tokens, right? I've got all this initial access. That is worth massive value. Now, I'm not going to go anywhere with it. I'm not going to infect BSEX machine and then Bill B's machine and then Alex Goodwin's machine. What I do is I bundle it up and I sell it as initial access to anyone who wants it. Then cyber criminals can go purchase the access and they don't have to go fish anyone. They just log in and drop malware, drop payloads, drop ransomware, whatever. So th this ecosystem and this kind of criminal ecosystem has broken out to do it that way, right? So, but because of that, because that initial access is worth money and because frankly, th there's a lot of younger people, a lot of non savvy people who are dabbling in these criminal ecosystems who don't know what they're doing who are you know kind of like playing playing criminal frankly and other like professional criminals well-refined hardened criminals are basically victimizing them as well and why not you've got you're committing crime so if i steal your creds right so like if i steal space tacos creds and we're both criminals who's space tacos going to complain to the, the police? Good luck with that, my friend. Oh, man, look at this. Uh, James McQuiggan pulling in Simply Cyber at 35,000 feet. Uh, yeah, no no honor among thieves. James McQuiggan, um, you know, from the skies. So not only is Simply Cyber community worldwide, but we're also three-dimensional. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, so the, the TLDR here is criminals are going to commit crime. It doesn't matter who their victim is. It doesn't matter who their victim is. They don't care. They're all about... Straight cash, homie. They're all about straight cash, homie. If you've got something of value, they will steal it. And if you're in chat right now and you are a cyber criminal threat actor, mind your OPSEC. Do the same things that we do in real legitimate uh, legal businesses because... 
<laughs> as we saw in the first story with Lockbit, you're a business. You're just in the business of crime, but you're still a business. You still got Q4 numbers and metrics you got to hit. You got infrastructure costs. You got to pay people. TLDR, um, mind yourself, and uh, don't don't be a victim. Although if you are a criminal, I don't care if you get victimized or not. All right, let's keep rolling. Users have tried to upload sensitive company information and PII, personally identified. All right, that looks like... Looks like that's going to do it for the news today. We do not have a Simply Cyber live stream uh, this afternoon. I'll talk about that at um, jawjacking. Also, uh, someone asked me a question uh, that I said I would do jawjacking. Uh, let's really quickly uh, do the Simply Cyber community challenge before we end the stream. Uh, Jenny Housley saying, um, do we know if there's jo there is jawjacking today uh, for sure? Uh, Teaching starts a week from today, uh, just so everybody knows. Uh, Jenny, I'll let you uh, run this uh, baton if you want. Oh, yeah, Lyle Murden's right. Uh, team replay, we've got the temporal uh, dimension. Uh, good to go. All right, hey, I'm going to let, um, I'm going to let uh, Jenny run. Um, I'm going to let Jenny run the uh, Simply Cyber Community Challenge while we switch over. If you were here just for the news, uh, thank you so very much. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Friday's Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. Remember, tomorrow is Callan's Art of the Week special activity, so you'll want to catch that. Safe travels to James McQuiggan. If you want to hang out, we're about to do something called jawjacking. War goons, you don't know this one, but at the end, we do kind of a fun AMA, and I transition into a more casual Jerry. So if you were here just uh, for, the, for the news, good day, stay secure, and we'll see you in the next one. Now let's get into jawjacking. All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome to Jawjacking. I'm your host, Gerald Dozier, just coming hot off the heels of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I got about 25 minutes or so before my next meeting. Let me just double check that. Hopefully you guys are having a good time today. I certainly am. My coffee was on point. My little AG1 silt drink was uh, fine. I don't really know if this AG1's doing anything, honestly. I went to Vegas and didn't take this um, for like five days and you know, I didn't notice any different. So I'm just kind of doing it, seeing what's up. I'm over 40, so I feel like I need to do these things um, to stay, stay fresh. Uh, Bill B with asking Duotech if he wants to take or she, if Duotech wants to take on the challenge. Duotech, just become best friends. Yep. let us know in chat if you do. Kimberly saying Duotech did accept the baton. So Duotech, please go on to simply um, to LinkedIn and um, share your story. Use the hashtag simply cyber community challenge. All right, guys, what's cracking? I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to blow out the... Uh, Let's blow out the uh, copyright and get the midnight up in here. I love the midnight. Let's do Gloria. Instrumental, of course. All right. What's cracking, y'all? Duotech, can't wait to see it. I, I told you guys I would show you something on, on stream uh, at, at Jawjack, and I would bring something up. Do you guys remember what it was? Um, team Old Heads. Whoop, whoop. That's right, Space Tacos. Oh, okay. Thanks, Bill B. We'll see. Uh, I think I've been doing AG1 for like a month. I just renewed. Uh, Mrs. Ozier's doing it with me. 
which is which is nice. You know, it's a <laughs> when 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 you've been together forever. Uh, you know, activities like taking uh, smoothies together is you know it's something you can enjoy. You know, it's something you do together. Mm. So good. I'm so happy that all of us that. How many? 279 of us are sitting in seat 4B with James McQuiggan right now. Just chilling. Drinking mimosas. Uh, Don't forget Blue Team Summit next week. Pursuit of Bliss is saying, uh, let's see, uh, George Strasburger, AG1 is like a, it's like a a powder drink that you, it's supposed to like make you healthy. Um, Let me see. Blue Team Summit. Let's see what this is. Oh, Blue Team Summit is anti-siphon training, so it's already looking good. I'll drop a link in chat here. Here, I'll I'll I'll, I'll share AG one in a second, uh, since multiple people are asking. Um, yeah, this is August twenty fourth, twenty fifth. The summit's free, but does require registration. You can register right now. Um, guys, I am ridiculously busy, and I won't be able to attend this. But this looks good. It's free talks, presentations. Uh, classes for blue team, red team, threat hunters. Somebody asked yesterday about cyber threat intelligence. That's um, worth checking out. Um, AG1, Alana and someone else asked about AG1. This is what it is, guys. It's, I can't, I'm not, I don't have an affiliate code. Oh wait, you guys, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm freaking, this is it. Blue team summit. Uh, August 2023. Sorry, I forgot to share this on screen. You guys are probably like, what is this guy doing? Uh, Here's another link to it. Uh, Blue Team Summit. Okay, and then AG1, Alana, this is what it is. It's it's basically, um, it's like a a powder drink. That's, That's all it is. It's supposed to have all the things you need, nothing you don't need. You drink one drink to start the day. It's good for your digestive system and stuff, but I don't know. We'll see. People are talking about it. I figured I'd try it. Um, um, so Justin Rohr says he was going to try it. Is it worth it? Justin, um, well, I, I don't know. It's not, I, I don't have an opinion one way or the other, right? I, I'm signing up for a second month. I have not noticed any discernible difference. The, the, there's only a slight difference. I do find that I wake up a little faster you know what i mean like typically when i wake up i'm like oh my god where's my coffee um and i've noticed that when i wake up i'm like oh like i'm up you know what i mean kind of like when you were a kid and you'd wake up and you'd be like let's go uh so there's that any thoughts on product nanotour um hold on i don't know what nanotour is andy mcpherson let me look at that also hold on someone dropped this in chat uh let me share this with you i i um I released a, a YouTube video. Let me show you guys this. I released this YouTube video right here. Um, I released this YouTube video right here um, this week. I didn't really tell anyone I was doing it. I just released it. It is when I was at Black Hat. I interviewed four CEOs. Stan was one of the four CEOs. I recorded it. I made like a little video. There's like an intro. And then then most of the interview is like this audiogram interview. Right? So if you're interested in in this, I'm going to release it as an audio pod as well. Um, go check it out. I'll tell you the four businesses I talked to. One is about like, basically, they call it hyper-automating Microsoft. But what they really do is they have a bunch of pre 
filled detections from Microsoft Sentinel that they can deploy into your environment in five minutes. So if you're already paying for Office 365, um, for like E5 licensing and you have access to Sentinel and you're not using it, they can help you realize the value of it like wicked fast, even as a pilot, because it only takes five minutes to deploy. Another one really interesting was a company called Cloud Range. I met with Debbie Gordon. That uh, system is amazing. Uh, basically, you can do like rapid tabletop exercising. I really liked that product. The other one I talked to, oh my God, this guy's going to come on stream with me. Um, super cool dude. Um, <clears throat> Nick Ascoli from Fortrace. Let me see if I can. This guy's absolutely a practitioner. Um, loved this guy. His, his picture doesn't really do him justice. He, he's, he's a practitioner. He's, he's part of our tribe and, um, love this guy, you know, huge GitHub, a lot of commits, um, loves industry. He's all around finding data leaks faster than threat actors can find it. And then the final one was a really funny guy named Mark Stanford and the COO, Aaron Murtha around a platform called OccamSec which was a cyber threat, uh, excuse me, a continuous threat exposure management platform. So I met with these four CEOs. I recorded all the conversations. I'm releasing them. They're not my most popular videos. In fact, it actually hurt a little bit uh, because um, the, the analytics on that video that I just showed you with Stan, I have negative one subscriber from it. And I was like, that one person, I, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not, this isn't a new format. I just making a couple videos like this, but we'll see. Also, also fun fact, I uh, recorded, I did a, I did a full review of, um, what the heck, uh, uh, Google cybersecurity certification. So a lot of people have been asking about the Google cybersecurity certification. You yourself maybe have been asking. I literally went, okay, I went yesterday, because I'm a maniac, and I went and signed up and I took the networking course, I took the foundations course, I took the play it safe course, okay? I, I took three of the eight courses and then I made a video about my thoughts on it. Is it for you? Can I help you get a job? How's it compare with other certs? What's the deal with it? Okay, a lot of people have been asking me. I, I, I just took the time, did it, and now the video will probably come out next week, all right? That's what's up with that. Now. There was a question in chat about Nanotor. Nanotor? Um, let me ask, let me look at this really quickly. Nanotor? Um, how do I, uh, let me do this. Nanotor, leading vulnerability management made easy. Okay. Yeah, anything about this product? Um, Yeah, I, I can't speak one way or the other. I don't know. If someone from Nanotour is here and they want to talk and give me a demo or something, we could we could talk. But um, I'd be curious what their key differentiator is in the space between them and like uh, Tenable or Qualys. <laughs> it's probably around their pricing model. Have you seen the pricing for vulnerability scanners, bro? The way that they price it, it's like, it costs nothing unless you want reporting and then it costs everything. We got this coming in hot. Jenny Housley dropping uh 
Jenny Housley is excited to announce that she's finished creating the CTF. Uh, here, let me drop a link in chat on this one. You guys could check this out on your own. Those who don't know, uh, Simply CyberCon is a conference that's happening November 8th. It's a full conference. We've got two tracks. John Strand is the keynote speaker. Jenny Housley has been working diligently on the um, CTF. And you could see here, <laughs> you guys can even see here, this is how I do my... Um, my, the, the little news ticker on the bottom every morning. I, I literally have to open Kali and I run a I run a Python script that I wrote. Anyways, um, she's finished the CTF. It'll be hosted by Haikyuu. If you want to get involved, uh, we do have to do QC on it, but go to simplycybercon.org to sign up. Thank you so much. Jenny Housley for all your hard work. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. Guys, it's going to be a wicked good conference, a wicked good time. This is the graphic. My son was wearing the shirt earlier today. Super cool. Uh, what a great community. What a great initiative. Uh, can't wait for that November 8th to come on. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else we got here? Have some coffee. Ah, uh, so good. I really like the uh, the vibe. Like, you guys know I like the midnight and the 80s retro synthwave vibes and stuff, but I threw this, like, overlay together just quickly to have for jaw jacking, but I really like it. I really like it. It's cool. All right. Uh, John Vitucci. So there's no sign-up for the CTF. There, the um, If you go to simplycybercon.org, you can register for the conference. Uh, and the day of the conference or the, you know, leading up to it, um, the CTF will be opened up and it'll be free for everybody. You just got to sign up and, and then play it. Yeah. Um, Toy and Alla. Yeah, it, it is a good time. Uh, dude, codified likeness utility. It's like being on the grid. <laughs> yeah. It is cool. Thanks, Bill B. I, I think it's awesome, too. Oh, cool. Oh, all right, guys. What a chill way to start start a Thursday morning. Medusa's love in the battle zone ground graphics. Thank you. I think it's cool, too. You can actually see. It's kind of hard to see it, but there's actually a... Um, there's a... Um, like the the retro sun is back there where's my um graphic oh here it is yeah see see that uh, it's the full thing i don't know i'll probably pay a graphic designer on fiverr I'll, I'll show them this and i'll be like this is what it looks like when you don't know anything about graphics this is my take on it can you use this as inspiration and make it cool um okay so john do dosh says i started my cyber security degree school this week how can i jumpstart the sock analyst or jumpstart oh my god you want to jumpstart it john i got you covered i think people in chat are already saying this but allow me to be the one who can share this with you because this is so, so sick all right um sock analyst right here if you want to jumpstart your situation john and absolutely dominate here let's do this john dosey sock analyst boink 
All right. Watch this. I just dropped a playlist in chat. Watch that. By the end, you will have a fully functional Wicked BA um, sock analyst lab with both um, a vulnerable Windows machine and an attacker, an attacker Ubuntu machine setting up the Sliver C2 post-exploitation framework. You'll be able to throw payloads. You'll be able to see the payloads. You'll be able to write detections using Lima Charlie to um, detect the payloads. You are going to straight up blow people's minds when you see it. See you later, Jim Wales. Be good. All right, what else? What else we cracking on? Uh, I just heard Jerry say, excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> Blazing Saddle style. <laughs> yeah. We do say some funny stuff. I said on stream yesterday, like getting hit in the face with a wet sausage. I did say that yesterday too. That that kind of elicited some response in team replay. Leon Elliott asking, I'm just curious if you were to accept a cyber analyst uh, via remote versus on site and you're just scratching the surface in the industry, do you lose valuable experience exposure? Um, so Leon, I would... That's a really good question. So the question is, if you take a remote job, um, are you missing out because of on-site opportunities? I would say there are some trade-offs, okay? But a lot of the time, the, the benefit of being on-site is twofold, in my opinion. One, you like you go to the data center, you have face-to-face uh, -face conversations with the IT people. You need to establish a rapport with the IT people I need systems patched. I need hardware racked and stacked. I don't do that. I need the IT people to do that. BSEC, here is a box of Krispy Kremes and a coffee. Please do my bidding, right? That's huge. And if, you, if you're just doing it remotely, it's hard to like establish that relationship. It takes longer. It can be done. Um, secondly, with the business, it's nice to get into the business and see the people, you know, make it personal. personal. So... I think, Leon, the effectiveness of you to deliver on cyber risk reduction with respect to time is impacted by working remotely. It is not broken. You can definitely do it. Now, obviously, with remote, you can do a lot more. You have to, um, I would argue, if you're working remote, you need to be more proactive. You need to engage. You need to set up those meetings, right? You need to say, hey, BSEC, I know you're a network engineer, just started. We'd love to just grab 15 minutes on your calendar just to kind of meet and greet and tell you uh, a little bit about myself and really find out how I can help you achieve your goals, right? Always always bring value to a relationship or a group or a conversation or whatever. And and then grow it from there, Leon, okay? I, I do not, I love working remote. I will never go back to the office. I am a special situation, I, I suspect, because, you know, it's just... I, I, like me being like, oh, I'm always going to work remote. That's not true for everybody. Not everybody has that opportunity. But I'm telling you, based on my experience in my life, I, I will never go back to the office um, for reasons. Okay. So I hopefully that answers your question, Leon. Um, Cyber Shingami, aka Sean, asking if. If I've heard of Obsidian. Okay. Hopefully, um, we're not having issues so obsidian obsidian is this um it's like a note-taking app okay uh, brandon and pool from pop size security is a die-hard obsidian fan 
I believe, I'm going to drop the link to Obsidian in chat right now. One of the cool things with Obsidian is you can make these like um, mine, uh, like these relationship graphs to see how things relate to each other. And the bigger the dot, the more the relationship. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, okay? I, I honestly believe that Obsidian and Notion, I'm a Notion user. If you use Notion, you know what it is. Notion and Obsidian are two really popular note-taking apps and kind of knowledge management systems. I honestly believe that it's like VI and Nano, right? Like you're either an Obsidian user or you're a Notion user. And once you're like baked into one of those two solutions, you aren't really interested in moving off the solution. I got onto Notion before Obsidian. I see the value of Obsidian, but I'm just so locked into Notion at this point. Uh, so that's the deal. So if you're looking for a knowledge management system, and when I say knowledge management, you're probably like, what are you talking about, Jerry? Like, listen, you need to take notes. Like we drop links in chat and you, you write them down. How are you keeping track of them? Taking notes isn't powerful. Being able to quickly access them at some point in the future, that's powerful, right? When I'm like, oh, you know what? There was that situation that's perfect right here. Or I heard about that tool and I can pull it up in like three seconds. That's power. It's called, um, some people refer to it as a second brain. If you look at Tiago uh, Forte's How to Build a Second Brain series, I read that book, excellent book. This is what it is, okay? Obsidian is one of these tools. So figure, um, take care, Jesse. Be well. Um, yeah, I don't know why my video is dropping. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, the, the, the internet can't handle all this heat. <laughs> all right. Um, what other, what else we got? Hopefully pixelated Jerry is still okay. I like to think that James McQuiggan put the stream on. Uh, he got, got the phone to the pilots and they put the stream on the PA system inside the airplane. And now we're going to, we're going to count all those people as well. All right. Um, oh, cool. 8-Bit only put uh, Sean on it. Uh, so Sean, I guess, is an Obsidian user. James Randolph is going old school with a folder system on his NAS. Um, actually, you know what I saw recently? I do want to implement this, but... Um, oh, my God. Folder management um, solution approach. I watched a YouTube video the other day um, that was pretty cool. Damn, I won't be able to find it. It's... it's um, is it James? See, this is one of those things. I should be able to... Um, if I had my note system in, in order, I should be able to pull this up instantly. But because I'm like a hot mess on fire right now as I'm transitioning... Uh, between how I work now and how I'm going to work up September 4th, um, my note-taking system is um, is a dumpster fire. But let me just uh, file management. Yeah, no, I don't have it. Whatever. I'll share it with, with y'all another time. Uh, there was like a pretty good file management solution uh, that I, I watched a video on the other day. It was good. Ooh, get out more with their first cybersecurity analyst interview tomorrow. Wishing them luck. Absolutely. Hey, get out more. Let me tell you this. Whoops. Get out more. Let me share this with you. 
Um. All right, James McCraggan. Everyone listening to Simply Cyber here on the plane, loving the episode. I texted you about a graphic designer. Oh, sh- cool. Uh, yeah, let me check that out, James. Uh, I have Do Not Disturb on while I'm streaming, but yeah, yeah. Let me. Um, cool. Yeah, let me see if Katie does retro synthwave stuff and wants to get in on this action. Um, so cool. And what's up, everybody, on flight seventeen twenty four, direct to McCoy. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, by the way, um, oh, oh, hold on. Let me stay on focus. So, uh, Get Out More has a job interview coming up tomorrow. Get Out More, I want to remind you, where is it? I, we have, I have content on the channel that can set you up for success on job interviews. Um, huh. All right, so Simply Cyber job interview. Well, actually, you know what? Get Out More. Depending on what job it is, okay? I have this video for GRC analysts. Me and Eric McDuffie straight killed. I got this. This was a live stream Q&A for cybersecurity interview question and answers. This is literally a job interview prep video on how to crush it. These are 12 analyst questions that you'll probably get if it's a SOC analyst job. This is how to use ChatGPT to destroy every cybersecurity interview. So um, I'm going to drop this link in chat. Uh, Not one more. Oh, looks like, um, oh, get out more. There you go. There's a list of work. That's probably an hour worth of videos. And I promise you, um, you'll, you're probably going to crush the job interview already. But if you would like to buff it a little bit, uh, may I recommend those content videos? Oh, okay. You've already watched all the videos. All right. Well then, (laughs) then, then just go. You know, be calm. You deserve to be there. They're asking you because they want you. Know that. And, um, yeah, crush your job interview. I, I uh, am pumped for you. What else we got here? Oh, also, guys, I want to tell you a couple things. Hold on one second. I'm always looking to level up my game. A lot of you mentioned Rocketbook. So, oh, geez. So I actually bought Rocketbook. I haven't used it yet, but I got the pens and the little wipes and um, I got the app and stuff. And I was waiting until September 4th because big things are happening. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give Rocketbook a shot because like basically I use this notebook all the time. And when I run out, I just throw it away. But um, I'm hoping to get my systems tighter where I can capture my notes and make them accessible. Again, getting back to that knowledge management system. Leon Ellett says, I stay grinding, studying. Buddy of mine told me to lean into sysadmin. Is this vital for security analyst? Um, it's not bad, right? I mean, it's not directly aligned to security analyst, but if you become a sysadmin, you will be doing IT work. You will experience some of the pain points of um, that security people need. You might be a better, more desirable candidate, but it's like taking, um, like if you ever, if you've ever driven, if you've ever driven through Richmond, Virginia, you can take 295 around Richmond or take 95 straight through Richmond. Okay, sysadmin is taking 295. You can eventually get to cyber analyst, or you could drive straight through. The choice is yours. Um, 
but it's not it's not bad. It's not it's not perpendicular to your growth and professional development. You will still be aligned to that track. So it's not a bad move. It's just do you want to do it? Uh, John Bruno says, simply side, is this going to be one of the last few jawjacking sessions before classes start next week? No. So for those who don't know, I teach at the Citadel Military College uh, also, and the fall semester starts next week. I teach Tuesdays and Thursdays. The daily cyber threat brief will continue to be 8 a.m. Eastern every single day. I've moved my schedule around to accommodate the community. There will not be jawjacking on Tuesdays and Thursdays. There will be jawjacking Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's the deal. Uh, Cat P saying, hey, Jerry, I want to take both Network Plus and Sec Plus exams, but I don't know where to start. Are there any tips you could share? Absolutely. First of all, thanks for the super chat, Cat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Here is my advice. And community chat, please uh, comment on this. First of all, Cat, I would not take the Network Plus exam. I would get the knowledge in the Network Plus and learn networking and all that. I would not get the Net Plus exam just because I don't know... In my experience, there isn't a lot of marketability value in having that particular certification on your resume, as opposed to having um, resume bullets speaking to the knowledge you've acquired about networking. Plus, whenever I interview someone, it's inevitably going to come up about networking in some capacity, and they're either going to know what they're talking about or they're not. So the knowledge is more important. Now, the SEC Plus exam, two things. One, definitely get that because it's an HR um, door opener. It's an industry standard cert. Um, where to start? Jesse Johnson has already dropped. I don't know. Do we have a link to the Jesse Johnson stuff? Jesse Johnson has been running a Sec Plus, Slain Sec Plus, um, like live stream course thing. Um, I definitely want to share that with you. I see Jesse's actually typing right now. So let's get into that, Jesse. Cat, I would recommend getting involved with that. Also, Professor Messer has a ton of Sec Plus content on his channel um let me see professor messer security plus uh jesse please drop that um so cat i'm gonna do this right now here cat you can do this uh cat do this and then cat um jesse can you drop me that link bud come on um and then jesse johnson slains cybersecurity here I don't know if it see I don't know if um I don't know if um Google has captured this yet. Um No, it, it hasn't. Uh so LinkedIn, let me Like all you got to do is go on LinkedIn and look for Jesse Johnson. He uh he's got this like crazy good uh artwork and he's doing good work with this here. There's Jesse. Dude slays. Look it. Here it is. Uh See this right here, Cat Slay Security Plus, wicked good. Oh, he's even got Simply Cyber here. Thanks, Jesse. Um, uh, so here, Cat, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna link to this, Cat. Just go here, connect with Jesse, and you'll get sorted out. Those are those are three great uh, pieces of information for you to take action on. And Kat, stay with, stay with us. Keep us informed on how your progress is going. We're here to celebrate and support you 100%. Got a few more minutes before I got a boogie out of here, people. Can anyone repost the lab environment? Yeah, absolutely. Fit by 50 with Tom. We got you. We got you fit by 50 with Tom. Bro. 
Come on. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Fit by 50 with Tom. Sock Lab. There you go, bud. All right. So Jesse Johnson saying, learn A+, plus, learn Net+, plus, skip the certs, get Sec+. Plus. Jesse's group can help with that. Nobody cares about A plus or net plus from a, um, a hiring perspective. 100% uh, agree. Oh, and oh my God. Hold on one second. Um, and for anyone in chat, including Kat. So Kat, I'm going to tag you specifically. Um, Sec plus Discord server is right here. Jesse just linked it, but I'm going to link it again. Join that. That is the Sec plus study group. Very active, very healthy. Sean Peralt asking about CCNA. So let me tell you about CCNA. That is the Cisco Certified Network Administrator or Network Associate Certification. 20 years ago, when I was coming up in this industry, CCNA, for some reason, was seen as like, you've got to get it, okay? I went and got it. Today, I don't even put it on my resume. I can barely log into a Cisco switch, router, etc. What I would say is I do not think, and this is a, this might be a hard, hard take or, you know, hot take. I do not think the CCNA is valuable to a security analyst. I don't think it's necessary to get hired as a security analyst. Here is why. The CCNA is all focused on, can you manage, configure, troubleshoot a Cisco based network? Can you configure the routing protocols? Can you make them talk to each other? Yes, there's a little bit of information um, on like firewalls and, 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 you know, setting up like port blocking and all this other crap, but it's tangential to what the actual cert is demonstrating. It's really hard. You need a real lab environment or um, a simulated one. You can't just read a book and then pass it typically. Um, and, and honestly, I don't think there's much value in it for getting cyber jobs. So that's my hot take on that. I don't know how, maybe it was a marketing campaign, but back in the day, I remember Sec Plus, CISSP, and CCNA were like the golden triad. Um, I saw someone push back on me. 8-Bit Oni says, I agree, but disagree with you a little on Net Plus. I think it's good cert for beginner to get your feet wet, but after that, it's not needed. Yeah, uh, okay, that's fine, 8-Bit Oni. I would just say that the knowledge is vitally important the cert itself eh. um uh bsec is saying ccna is very relevant to understand how everything works it is cisco's ace but there is a lot of basic info i agree 100 percent. i just don't think you need to go get the cert i think you would be well served learning networking guys you cannot shortcut this there's no easy button in order to be effective you need to understand how networks work if you don't understand how two computers talk to each other, you're you're completely crippled. Like, how do you, you're not gonna be able to see how C2 traffic works. You're not gonna see how infections move laterally across your network. You're not gonna see persistence mechanisms. Like the whole concept of threat actor behavior, you, you need to know how things talk to each other. Wargoon's also in here saying, I'm about to schedule classes for my master's in cyber, currently work in the automation robot field have decided to pursue a career in InfoSec. Any tips as I push towards my goal? Yeah, I mean, you're doing the right things. So first of all, you're getting the education. So congratulations on the master's in cyber. Automation and robotics, what I would say is um, there's some opportunities potentially with industrial control systems, operational technology. So maybe take a sniff around there. 
what I think you really want to do is you want to be able to take advantage of what experience and relationships that you already have in your existing network and field, right? So every field, I don't care if you work in retail, marketing, transportation, space, everything's got some cyber bend to it, right? There's always some opportunity to secure something. So find those pockets and try to lean into them to leverage. Also, obviously war goons, I know it's your first time here today, but this, we're doing this every day and the networking is unbelievable. Guys, networking is so freaking valuable. I can't explain enough. I gotta run in just a minute, but like, dude, someone reached out to me like a couple weeks ago and they're like, hey, do you want this job? And it was like a really, really senior cyber architect. Now my path is going in a different direction. Stay tuned for September 4th. I don't need a new job, okay? But I got a guy very close to me unbelievably talented who's in a bad situation flipped it to him got an offer letter yesterday he called me last night we talked about it you see what i'm saying that job was never posted and it's a really really great great job never posted networking it's so unfreaking believably valuable all right guys i gotta boogie out of here i got a 9 30 i gotta run to my name's jerry this has been simply cyber's daily cyber threat briefing jaw jacking episode 432 be good, and I'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Thanks so much, and until next time, stay secure. Everybody, I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also, every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern Time as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.